Well, hello there, pro silly listeners. Welcome to the Professionally Silly Podcast. It's your audible boo thing, Amber Smiles Jones. And uh, this is the podcast where we talk about true crime, the paranormal, and interesting topics that I find online. The internet has definitely been a good friend to me. Always there when I need it, entertains me when I'm bored, opens my eyes to new possibilities. Oh, and porn. So there's that. Uh, <laughs> and of course, TikTok. Let me just. <laughs> oh, by the way, follow me on TikTok. Uh, it's at Amber Smiles Jones. I have a lot of fun there. So make sure you guys go ahead and check that out. In other news, last Sunday, I posted not one, but two videos. Uh, one for each of my YouTube channels because I've got two of them. Uh, one of them is called Professionally Silly the same as it is here but it's very different content we have a lot of fun there so you can join in the silly visually yay and my other channel is called paranormal blacktivity so you can kind of guess what i do there but on my newest uh, two videos for each of those channels i went to visit the hollywood forever cemetery here in los angeles california and let me tell you something it is beautiful okay and it's got so much history And on my Professionally Silly channel, I took you guys along with me to see this beautiful, gorgeous place. And we even learned a lot of things, uh, some history about the location. But let me tell you something. There are some amazing people uh, from the the past of Hollywood, if you will, that kind of started the the wheel, the wheel of creativity in film. Uh, One of those people is uh, Judy Garland. You all may know her. Uh, yeah, Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz, you know, Hattie McDaniel as well. We discussed all of these wonderful people uh, and a little bit of their history. And uh, we <laughs> and we got a chance to communicate with a few spirits. So, yeah, on the Professionally Silly channel, we did the vlog and you get to see the grounds. And then on the Paranormal Blacktivity channel, we went ahead and we pulled out the spirit box to see if we can communicate with any of the spirits there live in real time so you guys want to make sure you go ahead and check that out it was an amazing experience and uh, part two should be coming out this week as well so I got a lot of work to do after I uh, finish recording this podcast (laughs) now on my paranormal activity channel uh, we were able to communicate with several spirits at the cemetery it was it's it's a large large cemetery okay and then it's got like thousands of people buried there so the spirits had a lot to say so make sure you check out both those videos on both channels click the thumbs up button make sure you subscribe because i promise you honey buns i've got so much more to share with you guys we're gonna go to the hollywood forever cemetery here in los angeles california to pay our respects to admire the beauty and also, hopefully, to communicate with the spirits that reside there. What's going on, guys? It's your girl, Amber Smiles Jones, coming at you right now. Los Angeles, California. We're headed to the Hollywood Cemetery. What would you like to say to those of us who are still living? Facebook. <laughs> you guys take a look at this hearse. I figured we should do a... Maybe a little investigation here. Hey guys, so right now we're kind of in the center of the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Okay. 
jumped right into the Halloween spirit and I shared some creepy stories with you. It was a lot of fun. We discussed the Mexican cartel, haunted bridges, and a few home invasion stories, including one of my own. It was soups interesting as fuck and also uh, creepy. <laughs> if you guys haven't heard that episode yet, make sure you go ahead and you check that out. This week, we keep the Halloween season alive. You guys know how much I'm into the paranormal. It's no secret. Hell, I have an entire YouTube channel that I'm now dedicating to it. I take my paranormal seriously, okay? So I figured we'd take another dive into that familiar pool. Just take a little toe dip, a little dip into the pool. But um, I figured that we would get a little more specific, if you will. This week, we're going to be covering paranormal police encounters. Yeah, we are going to discuss paranormal events that police officers witnessed while they were on duty. So before we get started, I want to remind you guys that uh, you, my favorite listener, can be a part of this podcast. You just have to email me a ghostly story or an embarrassing moment or maybe just a hello, whatever have you. Be sure to email me your stories to itsprofessionallysilly at gmail.com. Everything is spelled correctly. Uh, Also, I would love if you guys would give me a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform that you are using to listen to my amazing voice. (laughs) The more good reviews I receive, the better chance I have of reaching new listeners. And as a solo podcaster, that is not an easy task, so... I ask you, please review me. <laughs> Pretty please. Also, make sure you go ahead and uh, check out the podcast, Twitter, and Instagram page. It's at It's Pro Silly. I T S P R O S L. Wait, I can't spell silly. S I L L Y. It's all down on the show notes. Even though I can't spell, it's fine. You can you can look at it there. At It's Pro Silly. And also from now on, the Instagram page will have. Uh, photos and our videos that are pertaining to some of these episodes so take a look as you listen along and let's have some fun i just started doing the professionally silly the instagram page uh, for the podcast the it's pro silly instagram i just started doing that about two or three months ago so you know a bit just catching up you know what i'm saying so enjoy that And feel free to reach out to me on Twitter to discuss any of my older episodes. They may be older to me, but they are new to you. Okay? So feel free to reach out. Alright, so now that I've plugged my YouTube channels and begged you for reviews and I teased you with the topic, I guess it's time we just go ahead and get to it, huh? Alright, let's jump on into this paranormal pool, shall we? a hell of a way to start an episode, right? 
Who else is excited? I know I am. Mm, got my feet up. Got my got my glass of wine that I'm lying. It's actually a glass of tequila. Okay, it's a shot of tequila. It's been several shots of tequila. Listen, I'm not gonna be judged here. There's <laughs> always right, so no secret that many people are not fans of the police. The past several decades have well, they they've sucked. But today's episode isn't about that. In today's episode, the police share a few paranormal experiences they've had while on the job. And I can only imagine the things that they've seen or experienced while working. You know, but these officers, what, what they've seen, it, it's, it's something that they were never trained to deal with. It's something they didn't go looking for. You know, which I guess in of itself, that's pretty much a cop's job is to run into something they're not familiar with. But these stories that I'm about to share with you this evening or this afternoon or this morning, depending on, you know, what time it is currently for you. (laughs) These stories are going to wow you and make you think, open up your paranormal brains Because if there's one thing that police officers are supposed to be able to do is be logical and try to explain the unexplained. But in these stories, the unexplainable was explained. Ghost bitches! (laughs) I've seen a lot of things in my career. Things that would make a citizen doubt my sanity. From being dispatched to chase a UFO to responding to calls of ghosts. But the most unusual thing that happened to me was witnessed by several officers and a dispatcher. One evening I had brought in a guy for domestic violence and he was a bit rowdy. So I was joined in booking by the sergeant and another patrolman. I'm in the process of booking Mr. Tough Guy when I glance into cell number one. There was a guy in there, short haircut, glasses, and a white t-shirt, just staring at us. I ignored him because I didn't want him to start banging on the window, demanding a phone call or something. So I just finished the booking process and escort Mr. Tough Guy to his cell, walking past cell number one. The guy in the cell, he just stood there, never saying a word or moving. We all then leave the booking and go about our business. Sometime later, Sergeant asked me to check the paperwork for the prisoners to see if any were ready to transport to the county jail. I grab the paperwork and go into booking to do a head count. But cell number one was empty. I panic and tell the sergeant, who also panics, and he and I began to make phone calls to the detective to see if they had moved the guy or had released him, but they all say they didn't go into booking at all. I then check the computer and the paperwork again, and the head count was accurate. No one had been placed in cell number one. We go to the dispatch office to check the surveillance videos for booking. Re- rewind the footage to see that what could have happened, but there was no booking of the prisoner for that cell. 
Then we fast forward to the point in the video where we all walk out. As soon as we walk past the door, the guy in number one blinks out of existence. We were all freaked out by the occurrence, believe you me. When we tried to transfer the video to a DVD and USB drive, the guy in the cell didn't appear. We still hear and see stuff every now and then, and the prisoners in detox tank can see can be seen talking to someone in the direction of cell number one, even though it appears to be empty. To this day, I'm wary of going back into cell number one or into booking alone. All right, first of all, that was written by a dude named Marco Castillo. All right, these websites are awesome. Uh, I honestly never thought about what he said in the beginning. Like people really do call the police if they see ghosts or UFOs or shit like that. They probably get dozens of calls a day like those, man. That must be infuriating, you know, because <laughs> what are they supposed to do? <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're not trained to deal with UFOs or ghosts. That's not in, that's not in the, in the training manual, you know what I mean? But it's insane. First of all, that he saw the ghost, you know, I guess the, the spirit wanted, uh, wants it to be seen. That can happen, you know, I guess it's not really insane, but it is pretty awesome as fuck. I, I do wonder if anyone has ever maybe died in that cell or in the building or in the land or something, because that would explain a lot. If so, I can only imagine the panic they felt thinking a prisoner escaped that would have sucked, <laughs> but I'd much rather have a ghost than an escaped prisoner. That's just me. I mean, we already know the prisoner's a prisoner. He probably did something to get up in there. You know what I'm saying? And if he didn't do anything to get up in there, if he was innocent, then I don't have anything to worry about. Now, with the spirit, I don't know. They may not want to hurt me. They might just want to say, what's up? <laughs> That's just me. Am I the only one? Probably. Now, this is also another good reason to have security cameras, okay? Because they catch thieves and apparently ghosts, too. Okay, so on to the next story, shall we? When I was a municipal cop, I was sent to a missing person slash runaway juvenile call. The town I worked in was inner city and poor, but it was one of the better streets in town. And the family was squared away. The husband and wife were both educators. While I was taking the report of their runaway teenage daughter in the family's living room, an older daughter who was in the room, pointed towards the hallway and yelled, Grandma! The husband ran into the hallway, yelling, Ma! Ma! The husband returned to the living room and asked, Officer, did you see her? Did you see my mother? I told him I had not. I asked him why was it remarkable that his mother had walked down the hallway. The husband replied, She died last year. We see her walking around the house all the time. I took the rest of the report from standing on the front porch. <laughs> First of all, I, <laughs> I completely understand why he decided to finish the report outside. Uh, not everyone can, can handle knowing there's a ghost nearby. Not everybody is as dope and awesome as me. 
okay? (laughs) But sometimes the ones we love or the ones who love us, when they pass away, they want to be near you. They want to watch over you. They want to protect you. It's a terrifyingly beautiful experience for some and just plain terrifying for others, but super beautiful for me. I don't, uh, I, I, that does not scare me. If I were to ever see someone that I cared for after they passed away as a ghost or a spirit, uh, whichever one you would like to call them, I, I would welcome that, especially if they're, you know, actually that person and not a demon pretending to be them. See, it gets deep. You got to be real careful. Okay. Because you don't know what you fucking wit. I'm just trying to help all y'all out. Professional silly life rules, y'all. Don't fuck with demons and spirits and shit if you don't know what you're doing. All right? Even if you do, just be careful. That's all I'm saying. In November 2006, County Officer Sean Hafeli was sent to the 200 block of Runyon Avenue to check on a family not heard from for several days. He was shot twice by Tony Lynn a resident who was killed by a police sniper after a five-hour standoff. Three days after that, relatives found the bodies of Lynn's grandmother and two of her children, initially overlooked by police, in the basement closet. While Sean returned to work months later, fellow officers told him of 911 hang-up calls received from the home even though its phone was disconnected. He felt compelled to look into it himself. It looked like the house from Nightmare on Elm Street, he explained. Windows were boarded up, electricity was shut off, four symbolic crosses were planted on the lawn. On a later night, flashlight in hand, he worked his way inside, and things got weird. He saw a Ouija board with a marker over the letter U. It's like it was pointing to me, he said. The smell of tear gas still hung in the basement. Wine glasses lined the bar. As he approached the closet where the bodies were found, a cold breeze ran past him. It made the hairs in the back of my neck and arm stand up, he remembered. I said what I wanted to say to the victims and then just ran out of there. It it felt like something was constricting me. I felt like somebody was there watching me the entire time, he shares. Officer Sean Hafili, now an officer in Jacksonville, Illinois, said he was told the 911 hangups ceased after his visit. Dang. Yo, this story started off violent as fuck. People were murdered, shot at. They found uh, whole ass bodies in the basement closet. How is there not a ghostly present, a presence related to this topic? How is there not? You know? <laughs> also, Tony, the dude that the snipers took down, deserved what he got. I mean, dude killed his family. All right, so no tears lost on, on the on my part for his death. Bye, Tony. Bye, bitch. Um, now, clearly, if you get shot, you definitely take some time off of work. So that's what happened with him after Tony shot uh, Officer Sean. Okay. 
but to come back to work and to be told that they kept receiving 911 hangups uh, from a house no one lives in. And not only that, but there's, there's no electricity there either. The phones are disconnected. It, it says a lot that the 911 call stopped after he went to visit the home. I don't know, perhaps the spirits of those killed wanted to make sure that, that he was okay or thank him for trying to help. Who knows? They felt some sort of connection with this man, you know, but those spirits found solace in his presence. So maybe that cool breeze that he felt uh, when he opened up that door, the spirits, maybe they decided that it was time for them to, it was time for them to go. Maybe they just needed, they needed him to be the one to release them. I don't know. I've never been a spirit before. Don't know what they need. Don't know what they want. But if it happens, I promise I will make a ghostly podcast, you know, from beyond the grave. And you guys better make sure that you leave those reviews because if I'm making dope ass podcasts after, after death, that that's fire. (laughs) I deserve a five-star review, (laughs) you know, but, um, I don't know if I believe in coincidences. I really don't. So I, I don't know if him, I think that, that he was someone that they needed to, to see or to make contact with. But let's go back to the part to where he said he found a Ouija board that was left there. That is kind of, is kind of crazy. And the planchette was on the letter U or whatever, whatever the, whatever the letter that it was on. Uh, That's kind of terrifying because when you think about it, whoever used that Ouija board probably never ended the session by saying goodbye and ending the session. Thus, they could have left a portal open there for spirits or maybe even demons to use to enter and to leave, come and go as they please. So there is a good chance that something else could be in that house by now. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, true crime listeners, check out our podcast, I Said Goddamn. We're a true crime comedy podcast hosted by two besties who like to share messed up cases that make you say goddamn. Every Sunday, we try to one-up each other's story by sharing a horrific case the other has never heard of. Along the way, we splash in some wildly inappropriate jokes and colorful language. Listen every Sunday from any of your favorite podcast directories. Also, follow us on Twitter at ISGDpodcast or visit our website, isgdpodcast.com. I was sitting in the flat of a hill, monitoring traffic. It was about 2, 3 a.m. Where I was sitting, it was a well-known spot where an unsolved murder victim was found about 26 years ago. No other officer would sit here. Even though citizens were constantly doing 15 to 20 miles per hour 
over the speed limit in this area. As I was sitting there, I saw a shadow cross the back of my unit, coming from the passenger side. Almost immediately afterwards, the shadow came up to the driver's side of my unit, then across the front. Mind you, it's completely dark in this area, and the only lighting around me is from the moon. Thinking the worst, I turn on all my lights to light up the area to see if I can see who or what is around me. But I saw nothing. I figured it was time to leave that area. Once I got to a, a lit, a lighted area, I stopped and I realized that my camera was recording from where I hit the emergency lights. I reviewed the footage and you can see where a figure starts from the driver's front of my unit. Then for half a second, the entire camera goes black. As if someone put their finger over the lens. Then it just goes back to normal. Needless to say, I haven't sat back in that spot ever. See? See? Here we go again with that 3 a.m. shit, okay? Listen, 3 a.m. is when shit gets real around that time. You want to make sure that you're someplace safe, you know what I'm saying, between the hours of 2 and 4 a.m. You, you don't need to be outside. <laughs> you know, he, he was chilling where a murder occurred, bruh. Like, he, he's just asking for, for ghostly activity, if you will, okay? And I think... I think if other cops refuse to go there, that's probably a red flag, you know, that he should have paid attention to. I'm just saying, okay? Now, I'm sure a homeboy lost his shit when he looked back at that, uh, at that camera footage, you know, because it seems to me that it could have been the spirit maybe of the person who was murdered, you know? Dying a violent death can also ruminate a lot of dark and or negative energy, Okay, maybe the spirit just wanted some attention. Not sure why, but oftentimes when someone is murdered, they tend to linger around where they were killed. I, I, I certainly don't blame uh, old, old boy for joining his, his fellow officers uh, on not returning to that spot because it sounds like it, it must be a perfect spot for drag racing. No cops. So fast and furious bitches. <laughs> Uh, yeah, don't drag race. That's dangerous. Don't, don't do that. I had just started my second year as an Oregon State Trooper. I was riding with another officer when dispatch came on and said there was a call of a man holding a gun to a woman's head. So, of course, we got there as fast as we could. When we arrived, we found the woman crying and repeating over and over. He shot me. He shot me. I bent down to talk to her and said, he didn't shoot you, but she wouldn't listen. I asked if she had any family that she could stay with, and she said no. She wouldn't let us take her anywhere, so we asked if she would be okay by herself. She said yes, and we left. At the end of our night shift, we went back to the station and told the dispatchers and other officers about the weird call. An officer looked up her name and went pale. He then hesitantly told us that a young woman 
by that name had been shot in the head by her husband about six years ago. Police never caught the shooter. We all went grim and tried to forget about what happened. We eventually did until two years later. I was training a new officer when he got a call about a man holding a gun to a woman's head. We headed over to the house and found the same lady. Our radios crackled as we approached her, but she simply pointed to the house and said, There! He's in there! We pulled out our guns and found a man inside, sitting on the ground with his hands in the air. I handcuffed him and ran his name and learned he was the wanted shooter. The man got 20 years in prison, and we never heard from that house again. Was it just luck that we showed when he was there? Or was it a ghost wanting justice for her murder? To this day, it still creeps me out to think about it. I hope she's finally at peace. Wow. Okay. I can't, I cannot even imagine. That is crazy. That is creepy. The radios crackled when they approached her. God, maybe, maybe she was like drawing energy from the radios in order to communicate with them. I, I don't know. Perhaps the spirit of this woman really was trying to be sure that her husband did not get away with what he did to her. A woman scorned, right? <laughs> I mean, even after death, this woman was like, not today, bitch. Not today. Shit, good for her. And fuck her bullshit ass husband. Enjoy prison, bitch. Bitch ass. Bitch ass. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> oh man, guys, the time has come for our last story, but this is going to be a very interesting one. It's a little bit more lengthy than the other ones because it's coming from a TV show. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys have ever heard of this show called Paranormal 911. I believe it comes on the Travel Channel and um, or Discovery. I think it's Travel. But I came across uh, an episode that surprised the hell out of me. And I figured this was the perfect episode to share this one on. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have this thing called Philo TV or what have you. It's like Sling TV, but way better. I freaking love it. And there are so many true crime and paranormal shows. And, you know, those travel shows, they go to different parts of the world. Like, I love shows like that. I can watch that kind of TV all fucking day. But why don't we go ahead and discuss this episode that I came across from the TV show Paranormal 911. So we've got a female officer, Lori Martinez, who was dispatched to a shooting. A guy went cray-cray and fired his gun at a couple on the street who were kissing. Now, the way that they filmed it makes it look like the man was holding the gun. Uh, make, uh, the way that they were filming it makes it like the man that was holding the gun was uh, watching his ex or someone that he loved kissing another man. You, you know, when the music plays, there's a close-up, uh, he, he's covered in the hue of red, he looks really angry, and there's a jump cut to his some bitch that he loves kissing some other some other motherfucker that he doesn't know or, or like you know what i'm saying and the music swells and then there's a jump cut to him holding a gun and a jump cut to them kissing again and a jump cut to him holding the gun and then he raises the gun slowly and then pop 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 
fires the gun. So, yeah, clearly he was kind of pissed. Uh, <laughs> wasn't that super just extra? You're welcome. So she headed uh, toward the scene, Officer Martinez, uh, not knowing what to expect. But when dispatch gets a shots fired call, anything can happen. And they're aware of that. So as the show goes on, they explain that the man did indeed discover that his wife was cheating on him and he saw his wife embracing and kissing another man. Now I have to be honest with you. I've never cheated before, but I've been cheated on and that shit sucks so much ass. My, my ex, my last ex cheated on me. She was in the military in the, uh, in the army, went to basic training, bitch came back pregnant, hella cheated. And then had the audacity, the, nay, the effrontery to name her first child the name that we were going to name our first child. Yeah. What a bitch. Moving on. <laughs> so the man who's witnessing his wife cheating on him, he pulls out his gun and pretty much performed uh, a, a drive-by on them. That's pretty much what he did. An old dude that fired the gun, the husband, he fled the scene. So this crazy man is armed and no one knows where he is. So while officer Martinez was on her way to the scene, dispatch lets her know that the suspect is in a nearby neighborhood and has no way out. The city police came across him and pull him over for a routine traffic stop. Hella quotes right there. Cause they knew who he was when they knew that this, that this man uh, was someone that the police were looking for. So they pretended that it was a traffic stop. Officer Martinez is about to pull up to the scene when dispatch contacts her again. Dispatch lets her know that the husband is a shitty shot and he missed both of his targets. Thank God. So no one was actually shot. No one died. He fired the gun fucking missed. So this is great news for the cheating wife and her boo thing, but I'm sure the husband was probably was pissed, you know, pissed that he missed or sad that he missed, or maybe he doesn't know that he didn't actually get to murder anyone that day. I don't know. But uh, look, let me just say, let me say this real quick. Okay. If your spouse cheats on you, murder isn't going to fix anything. I'm going to need y'all to divorce each other, leave them, separation, sue them, whatever. Okay. But taking, taking someone else's child or someone else's mother or brother or friend or whatever is selfish as fuck just because you're pissed that they dipped their, their, their pen in the, maybe it was company ink. Maybe it wasn't company ink. I don't know. I was looking for a really good analogy and I couldn't find one that fast. So shut up, <laughs> but murder and violence because someone cheated on you is just not that serious. Yes. It, it sucks that you've been, I've been cheated on many times. I've never committed murder. What I did though, I was, I was a petty ass bitch and I talked shit about them. I did do that, but they are alive and well. <laughs> so I just, you know, I know your heart is broken and I am sorry for that, but it does not give you the right to break the hearts of everyone else who loved that person. You know, they made a mistake. It wasn't a good one, but it's not worth death. <laughs> and to be honest with you, uh, nothing can be more painful for them. If everyone knew what they did, if everyone knew they were cheating ass bitch or bastard and, uh, and ha and have, and have them live life knowing 
uh, people know that they're a piece of shit. You know, that that is a far better punishment in my mind, you know, than death. But that's me, because if you murder me, I'm going to haunt you and your entire fucking family. I don't care if I cheated on you. If you murder me, I'm going to haunt you for the rest of your life. Okay, so it's just not worth it. Just talk shit about them on social media. You'll be just fine. That's what everybody else does. <laughs> okay, so back to the story. So Officer Martinez catches up with the city officers and the suspect is armed. Because remember, they pulled this man over uh, under false pretenses of having a, a regular traffic stop. So he is, he also still thinks that he killed two people. So he's fully, he's full of a lot of emotions He's scared, he's angry, he's worried, he's all kinds of shit. So Martinez uh, tried to tell him that he hadn't actually killed anyone and that they can still work everything out. And she's pretty much doing everything she can to calm this emotional man down that just shot at people and is still currently armed. It's a super intense situation. Now, however, the man holding the gun doesn't seem to be hearing to be, uh, excuse me, to be hearing officer Martinez. I mean, his face looks blank and his eyes are just, they look a little glossed over. He's just standing there holding this gun in his hand and he raises the gun to his chin. And then he pulls the trigger. Of course, this tragedy in the eyes of, of, of those who witnessed it, I can only imagine what it was like to see something like that. It was a, it was definitely an unnecessary tragedy. In my opinion, he hadn't actually killed anyone. He still, he still had a chance to, to, to get through this, you know? So officer Martinez began to type up her reports in her police cruiser on her laptop, but the lights in her car started to blink on and off very quickly. Her dome lights and the dashboard lights too. And she knew something was off. Her laptop screen was fading in and out. Her radio was going in and out too. It was going haywire. It was as if it was changing the channels by itself. The static was loud and fleeting at the same time. The entire police cruiser started to go crazy as if the car itself were possessed. Now she tried to use the radio but couldn't get a signal out. She tried a few more times but nothing. Her cell phone wasn't working properly either. And to make matters worse, her ears began to pop as if the pressure inside her vehicle was changing. She turned her head to look out the passenger seat and was surprised to see the same man who had just killed himself was sitting next to her. His face was covered in blood and his hair was matted. She stared at him, unsure of what she should do. He spoke to her with a deep and distorted voice. When someone commits suicide, the energy surrounding that person can be extreme. It's very, it's a very morbid situation and the emotion behind it is intense. And to be honest with you, I'm not surprised that this officer is experiencing something like this. The dark energy that's surrounding her. If it happens, it can be overwhelming and of course, terrifying. But think of it this way. In society, for a long time, we see people in uniform and we're conditioned to know 
that these people are here to help us, that they're supposed to help us. After a spirit leaves this earth, after someone dies, sometimes what's going on this world right now, the world that you and I live in, it's intriguing. They don't want to leave the the only world they've ever known. They don't want to go to whatever's next, whether it's good, whether it's bad. And just like in real life, we see police officers or EMTs, paramedics, firefighters, what have you. We see a man or a woman like that in uniform. And we, we think that they're supposed to help us or they're going to help us. And these spirits may have the same way of thinking, if you think about it. They want help from that particular, uh, that particular person who may be in uniform. You know, you see a cop, you see a, a, a paramedic, you feel like, okay, everything's going to be okay. This person can help me. Perhaps spirits see them as the same. So she tried to tell herself that her eyes and her ears were playing tricks on her because the emotional moment of what had just happened and we cannot explain some things that is out of the realm of, 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 of paranormal experiences. We can't. We can always try to rationalize what we're experiencing. And that's completely normal to be like, okay, well, clearly uh, this spirit can't be levitating in front of me. So it must be the wind. <laughs> you know, that's what we do. Now, the air inside our car was thick with dark energy and emotions. Officer Martinez was the last person he saw before he ended his own life. She was also the last person on the scene of where the suicide occurred. Those reasons alone could explain why she is the one experiencing this. Now, soon she realizes that she's not alone and with the ghost of the shooter. She felt threatened and scared and she tried her best to communicate with the spirit she even asked him several times to get out of her car she asked what it wanted from her so she is definitely acknowledging his presence at this point now this could be a good or a bad thing when you are acknowledging the presence of a spirit and dealing with dark energies is a very different experience but every experience is different and in this case, her attempting to communicate with him angered him. Sometimes the spirits don't mind you talking to them because that's exactly what they want. Sometimes they don't want you to know that they're there and they get pissed off when you bother them. Uh, it's, it's a whole thing. You know, spirits at one point were people. Just like people have short tempers or they're super nice or they're whatever. Spirits are the same. They were once people as well. And uh, it's, it's very easy to forget that. Those emotions and those energies, they're still there. So. <laughs> so now Officer Martinez is trying to figure out how to get this angry spirit out of her car. And she suddenly realizes that his spirit wants to go home. Before he was pulled over, he was headed home. Perhaps that's where he wanted to be. Now, this isn't very surprising because usually when people have passed, they want to go someplace that they love or have some sort of connection to. Many spirits will at the very least go home for a visit to let their family know that they're okay. So the officer, Officer Martinez, decides to drive towards the man's house. And when you think about it, that could be extremely dangerous as fuck because 
you have all this dark energy in the cards, so dark and so forceful that it's changing the air pressure inside of your vehicle, a vehicle that weighs several tons. If it's able to control the lights and all that other stuff, could it also be possible that it's able to control the steering wheel or the tires or even the brakes? It's really scary when you think about it. Now, as she's driving her police cruiser to the house, she says that she can feel this immense pressure and, and it doesn't seem to want to leave her alone. She pulls up to the house and asks the spirit to get out because they are now home. A few seconds pass and all of a sudden her computer starts working again and the radio in her car starts working properly. Everything seems now to be in working order. The heavy feeling then left the car and she could breathe again. She started the car and got the hell out of there. That bitch was like, bye Felicia. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, that dude's cheating wife is going to have a hard time in that house if she's still living there because he wanted to go home and I, I, I guarantee he was probably going to haunt the shit out of that lady. Or perhaps no matter where she goes, his angry vengeful spirit could have attached to her you never know or maybe he attached himself to the house one thing's for certain if you're thinking about buying or renting a house please do your research okay your house could have been formerly owned by someone uh, someone's cheating ass spouse you know or a pissed off ghost professionally silly life rules guys and that was a good one make sure you guys check out paranormal 911 it is so good. Are you into the secret histories of exorcisms, Christmas massacres, kill dozers, and concert disasters? How about haunted mansions, the Philadelphia Experiment, the Dorm of Death, or candy corn? Then you're going to love Ghost Town, a hilarious and sometimes not so hilarious twice-weekly podcast. On Wednesdays, we discuss the secret history of an abandoned, unexplored, haunted, or mysterious place from anywhere in the world. And on Fridays, we cover an amazing historical failure from any time in history. Ghost Town is 100% safe and legal. We guarantee it. It's also fun, spooky, and can contain a riot, a massacre, a murder, or an arch deluxe. I'm Rebecca Lieb. I'm Jason Horton. And, and this is Ghost Town. Town. And you can find Ghost Town wherever you listen to podcasts. Wow, that was a creepy-ass episode. Uh, Soup's glad I'm not a cop. Not just because the entire world hates them right now, but... Uh, you know, it's dangerous, especially when they're experiencing shit like that. No, thank you. A, a part of me is intrigued, but another part of me is like, no, thank you. They, <laughs> they aren't, uh, they aren't paid enough to deal with ghosts and demons and shit. They're too busy shooting unarmed black people. Okay, so <laughs> y'all know I had to say some. If there is anything that you can take from this podcast episode, it's ghosts are like spiders, friend. You're always at least six feet from one, and one of them might be a demon. So good luck with that information. Uh, professionally silly life rules, people. Also, if your electronic devices start acting up, it might be time to leave. Okay? Get, get the fuck out. I'm going to go ahead and take this moment to shout out stltoday.com. I think that's in for St. Louis. What's up? What's poppin', St. Louis? <laughs> I want to go ahead and shout out ghostandghouls.com. 
the TV show Paranormal 911, and of course, PoliceOne.com. These are the uh, the websites and of course the TV show that I use to help me find my creepy ass cop stories to share with you. Please email any uh, any any ghostly stories or fun stories that you have that you want to share with the professionally silly podcast at it's professionally silly at gmail.com. Everything is spelled correctly, plus it'll be down in the show notes below, as well as on my Instagram page for the podcast. You can find the email there. Uh, the Instagram page and Twitter page for the podcast is called at it's pro silly. I-T-S-P-R-O-S-L, wait, S-I-L-L-Y. I keep forgetting to put the I in silly. <laughs> it's like sleep, <laughs> you know. If you have any uh, stories you want to share with the podcast, email them to me. It can literally be about anything that you that you want. And chances are it'll definitely make the podcast because I discuss a lot of topics here. Secrets, creepy home alone stories, confessions, paranormal stories, right? Or maybe you just want to say, what's poppin' slime? You're my favorite podcaster in the entire world. I had to send you an email to, to show appreciation for your talent. You can send those emails too. <laughs> and also uh, let me know if you want to be anonymous or not in those emails. Or you can call me through the Anchor app or my Google voice number, 805-664-1828. Once again, 805-664-1828. You can text me or you can leave me a message there and I'll be sure to put you in the podcast unless you say otherwise. I've also got a a P.O. box as well. So snail mail me, old school, P.O. box 29892, Los Angeles, California, 929. Once again, P.O. box 29892, Los Angeles, California, 90029. Shout out to my loyal uh, returning listeners. You guys definitely keep a bitch coming back and keep keep me bringing the content and bringing the good shit to you. You guys are dope as fuck, and I definitely, um, you guys definitely keep me inspired to keep going with this podcast. So knowing that you guys are are digging me and my podcast, it, it makes me feel so good. I, and I've got so much more for you too. So every Friday, we get professionally silly. You feel me? So you just wait, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> I would love it, love it if you guys will leave me, uh, leave reviews on any of the uh, podcasting platform that you may be listening to this podcast on um, the you know I, I don't know I think there are some platforms that don't have the ability to leave reviews I don't know why that's fucking stupid but I know for a fact that Apple Podcasts and iTunes there is a, an availability for you to leave reviews and five star views and stuff and I hope that you do that because uh, it will be dope <laughs> it would help me reach new listeners by letting them know uh, how you like the podcast so please please do that Okay, guys, we have reached uh, the PSC podcast shout-out corner. Yeah, what's up, sexy humans? It's time for my new segment that I just added a few weeks ago, PSC time, podcast shout-out corner. And uh, this podcast we're going to shout-out is a State of Crime. Cheers to you, loves. Kaylin and Elena, they delve deep into the world of true crime. Listeners will get weekly episodes every Monday, and each time they cover a case from one specific state with a touch of sass and a lot of personality. And each time they do this, let me tell you something. Kaylin is so fiery with the subjects and topics that they discuss. I fucking love it. 
And Elena, she's well-educated with history, and she knows how to pronounce all the hard words that the rest of us can't. So I love it. (laughs) True crime lovers, be sure to check out State of Crime Podcast. Check it out. Oh, hey, fun fact about them. Um, Elena was actually Kaylin's high school teacher. Yeah, I can't think of any one of my teachers at any time of my life that I would have wanted to do a true crime podcast with. I can't. I can't think. You know what, Teach? You're my favorite. You inspired me. Let's make a podcast about murder. <laughs> State of crime. Come on, guys. You got to check it out. It's going to be dope. Speaking of awesome podcasts, this podcast is on Instagram and Twitter. I want to remind you again at It's Pro Silly. So make sure you tweet me and share your opinions about my older and newer episodes. You know I'm Shan. So check out the post on Instagram page. I got some for this uh, story as well. And um, also, guys, if you are, di- I have a lot to say, I know. If you're digging the Professionally Silly podcast, you can now support my silly content by making monthly donations. This would be very helpful in making the Professionally Silly podcast even better than it is and help move the silly forward. You can now make monthly contributions and you can donate as low as 99 cents a month, $4.99 or $9.99 a month right here on the Anchor app. And if you've got commitment issues or something like that, you can always drop a bitch some donations through PayPal, okay? www.paypal.me slash Amber Smiles Jones. The link to that should be in the show notes as well. Let's keep the silly flowing. Make sure you check out the show notes for uh, some bonus information like my social media. I got tick. I am kicking TikTok's ass right now. You guys... Don't miss out on my TikTok awesomeness. It is so random and fun. Check me out on TikTok at Amber Smiles Jones. You will love it. Everything is spelled correctly. I know I'm black, but smiles is always spelled with an S. Smiles for plural, meaning more than one smile. If you little racist assholes put a Z at the end of smiles, you're racist. I mean, an asshole. I've got uh, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, two YouTube channels. One that is also called Professionally Silly, and the other one is called Paranormal Blacktivity. So make sure you guys check those out. Subscribe, follow, press the thumbs up button, support your girl, because I am bringing you content from across the fucking board. Audible, visually, I got it all covered, okay? I got it, I got it all covered. <laughs> and if you have any questions or you want to shout out, make sure you check me out on my Cameo profile. The information is down below as well. I'll give you a birthday shout outs for a friend of yours, for you. Maybe you want me to talk about something specific. I don't know. Check that out there. My Cameo, uh, my cameo profile page is also Amber Smiles Jones. Once again, I'm your audible Wednesday, Amber Smiles Jones. And thank you so much for listening to Professionally Silly Station here on Anchor FM, where I take my silliness seriously. I should really do phone sex. Do people still pay for that? I mean, Pornhub is a thing, so why pay for it? You know what? They're paying for OnlyFans. I don't know. Until next time, my loves, watch where you step, because uh, there's pieces of shit everywhere. <laughs>